Welcome to Batcast 66, the podcast where we watch every single episode of the 1966 Batman television series and talk about it for your listening pleasure. Today we're talking about Batman episode 8, A Death Worse Than Fate. It is the second part of the Zelda the Great story. If you don't know who that is, please go back and watch our last episode. When we last left our heroes, they had just received word that Harriet Cooper, better known to us as Aunt Harriet, was kidnapped by this mysterious bank robber. And yeah, our heroes got to figure that one out. Well, not giving away their secret identities. Yeah, yeah. Which Robin, he can't contain his his grief. Yeah, so uh, what we start in the commissioner's office this time, right? Yeah, we're there and uh, no one can find Bruce Wayne. Yeah, Robin's, Robin's with them. Uh, uh, yeah, Robin's with the chief and the commissioner. Batman is out searching for Bruce Wayne. Hopefully they both him. show up. Yeah. Robin's gonna freaking blow the whole thing. Yeah. The commissioner grabs him by the arms and is just like, get a hold of yourself, lad. Bruce arrives saying Batman had a lead to follow or clue to find. And uh, the criminal asked that they communicate over the television. And I feel like this is just for the viewers pleasure so we don't just get a scene of bruce wayne and the villain on different phone calls cutting back and forth it's just a little more visually interesting yeah one thing about bruce wayne going on tv and talking to a criminal is like there's no difference between his mannerisms and batman's mannerisms especially got robin sitting right next to you yeah i was like oh this is Yet again, you know, another way for their identities to be deduced. This time by any Gothamite who might be watching TV. Uh, but that doesn't come into play here. No one, no one figures out Bruce Wayne and Batman are one and the same. Yeah, it sucks. Huh, whatever. Yeah. So Zelda, whose identity is still unknown to anyone else... Just says, hey, I got Harriet Cooper suspended over a flaming vat of oil. All I want is $100,000. Which, why did she need to even set up the death trap if she was just going to, like, send a ransom note, essentially? Yeah. She's be tied really up in her basement. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not like anyone can see into her living room. And it's not like it's a trap for Batman and Robin to show up. I don't know. I guess she's just trying to... I mean, visually, it was more interesting for a cliffhanger. That's true. But I guess they're just trying to scar Aunt Harriet. I mean, I guess she's a, you know, she's a magician. She's a show showsman. It's a big theatrical production. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, Robin reveals that Zelda the Great already has $100,000. Mm-hmm. The ruse from last week where... They put in the paper that the $100,000 that was originally stolen was counterfeit, kind of came back to bite them in the ass. Because, you know, Robin's aunt is kidnapped. Yeah, he does it in an appeal to, like, you can't be all bad. I mean, because she's a woman, she can't be all bad. You know, you have the money, just let her go. You don't need her. 
Uh, fortunately, since Bruce Wayne is uh, on the board at the bank, he does corroborate the story that the money was real. Yeah. Uh, and then Commissioner Gordon pulls up a letter from the newspaper saying that, like, oh, yeah, it was a fake story we printed. And it's, like, the shittiest prop I've ever seen. Like, I wouldn't buy this if I was her. It's just it's a little paper. Nice. That, like type, Yeah, it's, like, typed. It says it was wrong. It's got a fake seal on it. And someone signs. Like, here, even they signed it. Like, yeah. nothing about it even says the newspaper's title. Come on, it's notarized. Yeah. <laughs> Zelda kind of has a change of heart here. Yeah. I mean, she mentions that she did it only because she was desperate. Uh, like, she didn't want to hurt the woman. But, like, I, I wrote down, like, desperation motivates most crime. Like, maybe we're, maybe we're finally starting to flirt with some of the societal causes of crime. And maybe we could combat that. Yeah. And I, I do think this this episode kind of goes into not only the cause of crime, but like rehabilitation. Yeah. More and in a more serious way. Yeah. Than any of the others. Because of course we've had Warden Crichton. Yeah. And his, you know, more silly rehabilitation efforts. Where they get to play baseball and wear their villain clothing in prison. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So yeah, knowing she has the $100,000, Zelda lets Harriet free. And she does this by just driving up to a street corner and pushing her out of a car. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, Aunt Harriet looks pretty worse for wear. Very traumatized. Yeah, she looks really befuddled. Uh, it's funny, the first person she bumps into is the, the guy who's selling newspapers in the last episode. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure it's because they just had that stuff set up. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so she like, puts it out in front of a giant Zelda the Great poster because of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Batman and Robin, or um, excuse me, Bruce Wayne and Robin. Yeah. Return to Wayne Manor. And everyone's very happy that Aunt Harriet is safe. We, we even say holy hallelujah. Holy hallelujah. Uh, Alfred feels very guilty for the whole affair. You see, while Aunt Harriet was captured, Alfred was in the Batcave dusting the... Like equipment and stuff. Well, she mentioned she usually does on Wednesday night, which is a callback to them mentioning it was Wednesday when they went out to be Batman and Robin. Yeah, but Alfred was, uh, was addicted to a certain television program. Which they didn't say what it was. I wonder if it was Batman the show. Yeah, I do wonder. Because I think the first episodes were on Wednesday and the second episodes were on Thursday each week, right? Well, let me look that up real quick since we have the date of the episode. So last week's episode was on the 9th of February. What day was? February 9th, 1966. It was a Tuesday. Okay, maybe it's Tuesday into Wednesday. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. That's, for some reason, giving me the date of 2066. Oh, shit. It was Wednesday. Yep. Yes, I was pretty sure that these shows used to air Wednesday, part one on Wednesday, part two on Thursdays. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I don't, I don't know if this was a reference to that, but it's kind of funny. And I mean, uh, it feels like it would be a reference to that. It's just funny that it's 
you know, we're at episode, you know, these, this story makes up episodes seven and eight. Yeah. Which is it like, is, is it seven and eight? What is it? Wouldn't it be nine and 10? No. We've had one and two were the Riddler. Three and four. And three, or three and four were the Penguin. Five and six were the Joker. Seven and eight would have been the free, Mr. Freeze, though. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, so this is episode 10. Oh, yeah. I got these written in my notes wrong. So I think at the top of the show, I've said them wrong both times. Well, you can always record yourself saying it right and edit it in. I probably am not going to fix that. Whatever. It's fine. We'll just leave this in explaining that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, viewers. I uh, just don't know what I'm talking about. We're only, as they say in Batman, uh, Robin says to Batman, we're only human. Dang. So true. Thanks, Robin. Uh, picking up what we left off. Uh, the police were interrogating, and a physician were there checking her out and interrogating her for clues. Uh, Alfred finds what I thought was a wedge of cheese at first. But it turns out it's a matchbook for the gnome bookstore, which made me so mad initially because I'm like, that's the dumbest, laziest way to get them to go there. Like, she just picked up a matchbook for no reason. Why would they even make matchbooks for this store? Uh, but we find out soon enough that it was kind of done on purpose. I was like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Yes. So Bruce and Robin head to the Batcave. Bruce changes into his Batman uniform. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happens to Robin when he goes down the back. I thought about that. I didn't know if he was going to be like in double outfits. <laughs> and uh, they head off to the gnome bookstore. Yeah. On the way, Batman reveals that he has deduced the criminal's identity. Yeah. You see, last year for Dick's birthday, they went to go see a certain stage magician. Mm-hmm. And this criminal uses the same techniques. My issue with this is Batman clearly saw this person in the previous episode. Yeah, that's how he deduced, deduced it, right? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so he, he mentions the techniques. Yeah, I mean, I guess he sees lots of people. I don't know. Uh, I, I thought the bigger clue was going to be that the robbery keeps being April 1st. And that's going to keep, keep being like, if Zelda and this other guy are like traveling, the show's traveling, they just come back to Gotham this time each year, which is why the crime keeps happening. That's where I thought they were going to go for deducing or at least narrowing down the search, you know, because it's not like I'm the April fooler and I commit crimes on April fool's day every year. Like that wasn't their that gimmick. The April fooler or like the fooler. Like that seems like a Joker thing, you know? Yeah, truly. Or like calendar man. Oh, I would love if we got Calendar Man 66. Calendar Man would be really cool in the show because then you could have like themed episodes like this is the Christmas episode or Thanksgiving or Arbor Day or something fun. Like, Damn, where were you in 1966, Scott? I was a negative 20 years old. Dang. Anyway, back at the bookstore, Evol is happy that he has his $100,000. He's had it the whole time, but now he knows it's real. So Zelda, having paid up, wants to know how this uh, inescapable death, or excuse me, inescapable doom trap works. Yeah, I I do notice they keep calling it that because you want to say death trap. Yeah, 
I, I really want to say like I want to say it too but it's but a, a doom trap it seems like a standards and practices thing <laughs> it's here that we find out that evil doesn't know how to get out of this doom trap which why would he make it well he knows they're in Gotham City yeah and he knows there's no greater escape artist than Batman which is true we've seen him get out of any number of traps yeah, even as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's kind of funny because the episode's writer, Lorenzo Semple Jr., has written one other story so far, and it's the Penguin episode where the Penguin is just like, I want to commit a crime, but I'm just going to let Batman figure out which crime I'm going to commit. Yeah. So it seems to be a, a, a well that this writer likes to dip his toes in a lot. Yeah, I think that worked better in the Penguin episode. Yeah, th- this kind of, I mean, both are really silly, but yeah, this one is just like, okay, like... Yeah, I think the Penguin, because the story's based on that, like that is the plot, and this is just like a thing that happens in this, it's like a little more like, well, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, it- it's mostly here to like give suspense to the viewer. Like, yeah, oh, we, we the viewers don't know how to get out of this, so yeah, we don't. Yeah, I don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, and then once Batman escapes, two goons are just going to shoot him. Yeah, he said uh, he bought a contract from the or because they paid him a hundred thousand, another hundred thousand dollars. I don't know why he wants this specific amount of money every time, uh, but like that they're going to kill Batman from the syndicate, which I guess is just like a TV friendly version of like the mafia. Yeah, it would be pretty cool if the syndicate kept showing up. Yeah. Uh, But we'll see if that happens. Batman and Robin get to the bookstore. It's currently closed for business, but the door's unlocked. And uh, they find some signage leading them to a specific book called The Truth About Bats. Mm -hmm. And when they pick this book up, it It raises a switch that opens a trap door to the secret lair. Classic like bookcase turning, you know. Yeah. What you find a bookstore? Classic bookcase. If I had a bookstore and I was gonna have a secret lair in the back, but that's how I would do it. Oh, of course. I, I hope nobody ever wants to buy that book because then you know they'd have to pick it up and then secret bookcase. Yeah, hopefully not. Although I'm sure Evil would just kill them. Upon finding the secret lair, Batman and Robin uncover this uh, doom trap. How do they get inside of it? They just step. Oh, they're like, it's dumb that they went inside of it because it's obviously a trap. Yeah, they're it's obviously a trap. They're like having lights and things like kind of in curtains open to like reveal it. And there's like a rubber bat inside. And they're like, oh, we got to go check out this bat. And uh, the bat turns into skeletons. And then they push a button and the door closes and locks on them as they're watching from like the other room with periscopes. They immediately go for their utility belts but evil reminds us that this trap is made out of jet age plastic yeah and that nothing they have in their belts will be able to break it yeah uh, it's here zelda is like oh come on batman she starts cheering for batman or like at least hoping he makes it out before the gas kills them yeah she mentions that they're hunky yeah like robin's and- a minor i think I mean, totally. He was at the playground and she... I mean, everyone calls him Boy Wonder. When Evil calls her out on it, she's like, can I help it if I'm a woman? 
Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I wonder, I mean, I can only imagine how it felt to be a woman and be given that line. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, Adam West isn't a bad-looking dude at the time, like, but, like, every episode has somebody, like, falling in love with Yeah, it's like, and it, that's annoying. The gas starts filling the doom trap. Yeah, they realize it's rising up, so it's yeah. lighter than air. So they're like, oh, we'll go down here and breathe, breathe the real oxygen. And they realize that because it's rising, it must mean that there's helium inside. Mm -hmm. So already having tried to escape through the trap door and have received the electric shock, Batman's like, oh, quick, use the buckle of your utility belt to touch this electric grate and it'll cause an explosion and we can free (laughs) ourselves. It does cause an explosion. Luckily for them, they're not injured. I don't know how they're not injured. They're right on top of the explosion, like literally. And it's strong enough to blow this thing apart. Of space or jet age polymers or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, what are their outfits made out of? Who knows? Maybe uh, jet aged spandex. Yeah. Maybe it's made of space age stuff. Jet age is such a weird thing because, yeah, the space age was the 50s. Oh, you know, we haven't been to the moon yet. We're still, we're still three years from that. God, I, just one of those things. It's, it's weird. <laughs> Very weird. But it, it works on cartoon, comic book logic, you know. I like it a lot. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm into just like, let's mash words together. Yeah. That sound cool. To be honest, I don't know how, I didn't have an idea how they were going to get out of it. Me neither. So. It's a good thing there's such smart scientists yeah yeah batman's a scientist the dynamic duo step out of the newly destroyed doom trap and the assassins who are hiding in like sarcophaguses, sarcophaguses like yeah they stick yeah. their guns out of these little peepholes now the sarcophaguses for those who haven't watched the episode are facing each other yeah which we're gonna find out is uh quite the fatal mistake zelda calls out a warning to batman and robin prompting them to duck and the assassins shoot each other yeah they're just dead so yeah we were saying that the doom trap as opposed to death trap is yeah. standards and practices thing but then we get two people lighting each other up with like tommy guns yeah well there's no blood there's you know what i mean like you don't see them yeah because they're in sarcophagus yeah so it's like i don't know man violence is such a weird thing for like standards and practices and stuff because like shit could be really violent but like you can't have like two dudes kissing you know what i mean yeah or uh you know back then yeah two two people of different races kissing and yeah exactly that that episode of star trek is also three years away oh yeah i guess so Mm -hmm. that was in 69 and it was really controversial on star trek that they had a black lady on the bridge crew which would have been happening at this time yeah and a russian guy and a japanese guy well the russian guy wouldn't have been there yet oh that's right he didn't show up till season two yeah (laughs) check off sorry to pull out my inner nerd i should have known i should have known better you should have God damn it. So the assassins are foiled. 
Zelda is kind of surrendered and Evil doesn't really put up a fight at all. Yeah, he goes to run away. He, like, he grabs the money in the briefcase. And then Batman, in his special humongous bat utility pocket that we've never seen before, pulls out a batarang and just throws it at him and it clonks him and knocks him out. And then he cuffs Zelda. And uh, this is the first time we've had a story without like pows and biffs and stuff. Yeah. So I guess in the first episode, yeah, uh, the first hit- episode of this story, yeah, when Zelda knocks out the security guard at the bank, we get like there's no onomatopoeia, but we get that like cartoon like impact. Yeah, it was like animated. It was pretty cool. I liked it a lot, but yeah, that's yeah. the only one. Yeah, yeah. There's no fight scene. I thought like maybe when they were like they're having syndicate guys show up, I was like, oh, that's their excuse to like have like goons so they can all punch each other. But no, that's not what happened. I was surprised that they just blasted each other to bits uh, for a couple of reasons. One was the way we just said like you know just getting killed with guns, and then the other was I thought maybe there was going to be like a brawl, like there always is. Yeah, I you know I like the change of pace. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah, I, I know we're only uh, 10 episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, this is like the fifth story, you know? Yeah. I, I like that the expectations are being played with a little bit. Yeah. Some time passes. We're in the uh, women's division of the Gotham State Penitentiary. And uh, Bruce is having a meeting with uh, Zelda the Great. And he says once she's served her time, he would like to offer her a job at the children's hospitals that are run by the Wayne Foundation. And Zelda's pretty stoked on that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's mentioned something about it being part of like their reform program. And you know what? I, I like that a lot. Because one of the things we've said about Batman in general, not just specifically this version, is he's got all this money. And like rather than having this rotating like prison system like he could in theory start start programs and stuff that would actually help the root causes of crime and poverty and being able to give people like second chances and a new purpose in life is part of that and i i liked that even back you know 60 years ago that he had an element of that now i don't think he would extend that offer to the riddler but you know so i don't know how much of it is because she's a woman or because like her crimes are pretty nonviolent. Like she was trying to avoid the violence aspect, which is why she warned Batman and Robin. Um, And like, you know, she just stole money. She wasn't like threatening the city. So comparatively, it's like a petty crime. Comparatively. Yeah. Comparatively. Everything you said, I totally agree with. Like that's the big issue with Batman, especially in his ongoing comic book adventures where he's been doing this fighting. for 80 years. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, over a thousand issues of detective comics. And that's just one of Batman's books. Yeah. It's like, you got to see that this isn't working. Yeah. That's why I, one of the people, when people, you know, dismiss like stuff like this, I'm like, Batman's concept's inherently silly because he's a guy that dresses like a bat and just punches criminals in the face. Like, that's all he does to solve things. And then broods are like, oh, my never-ending war on crime. I'm like, you could, you're in a better position to help solve more crime than, like, anybody else. 
Like if Superman went like full fascist, like he could obviously solve that, but like that's not the kind of character he is. But he would, in theory, he's the only other person that has like the power, quote unquote, that could like make big societal changes. Yeah. Like I almost think like Batman must really like it to be Batman. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Batman's pretty sick. And it's like this one less so than others, but yeah. You know, sometimes I'll be watching Batman the Animated Series and, you know, the the late Kevin Conroy. Yeah. He he does such a good job of, like, portraying Bruce Wayne and Batman as two separate characters. But I can't help but think when I watch that, like, Bruce Wayne, for as, like, jolly and nice of a guy he is, you know he's just thinking, like, gosh, I can't wait until the business day comes to an end so I can put on my bat costume. <laughs> just beat the crap out of some scum. Yeah. Yeah, like, I can't help but, like, think about it. Because I, th- I thought about it in this episode, too, because since she's trying to rob Bruce Wayne, essentially, um, it kind of puts into focus, like, you mentioned, in the same conversation you mentioned, she's, like, desperation drove her to crime. And it's, like, it almost feels like, you know, they're rich people that kind of like, this is like a weird hobby for them. Like they just kind of descend down to the level that like us normals do. And then like impose their like way of life and morals. Granted, I love that this version of Batman is so like law abiding and like corny. Like that he would never like it, this one's really earnest and wouldn't do that. But it got me thinking about like the larger Batman situation, you know? And yeah. like what's frustrating about the comics is because the nature of like they, they're a product that needs to be sold like indefinitely forever, that they can't let the characters really grow and change because they did a, a, the Joker War story a couple years ago where like it's revealed that the Joker's kind of always known that Bruce Wayne was Batman, but like he doesn't care. But this time he decides like, well, I'm going to just end Batman. So he goes into the Batcave. He basically steals all of Batman's equipment locks him out of all of his resources and like uses it all against Batman and uh, kind of destroys a ton of it. I was like, you know what? It might be really cool to see like what Batman does when he has none of his wonderful toys or any of his money or like a lot of his allies can't get a hold of him or whatever. Like, I think that might be really neat. And then of course they didn't do that. He got all of it back at the end. Yeah. It would be great to see Batman just like taken down a peg. Yeah. I kind of would really like to see that. Like, the whole Batman can win any fight if he plans. Like, it all gets really annoying and, like, boring. Like, bat- like heroes are fun when they're challenged, you know? And that's part of what makes us like the villains, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, how uninteresting is the Penguin? Or, like, or a character like Man-Bat, when you, like, know Batman has a whole laboratory underneath his house. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to just whip up a, an antidote and then we won't see Man-Bat for a while. But Man-Bat will come back. Yeah, because it's a thing we can make a toy out of. Yeah. And maybe this time he'll be a ninja from the League of Assassins. But we're or gonna maybe see- he'll be like a good guy scientist on Justice League Dark. Which for the record, I did like that angle for that character. Yeah, well, because it progresses that character a little bit. You know? Yeah. But I don't know. So, so I know we usually rank the villains at the end of these stories, um, you know, one to three stars, depending on like their plan and how they uh, 
how well they were able to get one over on Batman. Like, it feels different with this one. Yeah, because if Zelda was all in on being evil... They would have just won. Like, they would have killed Batman right then and there. Yeah. I Like, her plan was so good. So, like, where there's so much chaos, like, with, like, the Riddler and Penguin and Joker plots... And even Mr. Freeze's plots is just like nonsense. Well, yeah, we had like five Batmans and five Mr. Freezes to fight him. Zelda had a goal. Everything she did, like logically put her one step closer to that goal. And they mentioned that she's done it for at least two years, robbing the bank. And getting one scot-free. Yeah, and nobody even knows who she, like that it was even a woman that was in charge, like doing it. Yeah, so... If we did that, I would just give her a three. But the fact that she has this change of heart where that rather she never really wanted to get this deep into a criminal enterprise to begin with. Yeah. That definitely affects her rating. And I guess she'd she'd get a two then. But like, I, I, my heart wants to give her a three because like, I, I the, the subversion with the emerald where she still you know kidnaps Aunt Harriet to extort Bruce Wayne for money, like she doesn't know that that's Batman, but that does hurt affect Batman in a different way. But like that's a good plan. That was a good plan because she knew it was a trap. Yeah, and, and she did. She did that, and that. the other guy had no sense. You know, but that wasn't his idea. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to punish her. But the point of these ratings is to deduce who Batman's like greatest villain is. Yeah. And she's not that. So no, she's not. Yeah. I'm going to say let's give her a three. Okay. But she deserves a three. Yeah. We'll give her a three, but we'll have an asterisk. And like, because. Unless she comes back somehow, and I know she's in those comics, so maybe we should take that into... I, I wasn't really planning on it, but... I, I don't think we should, at least now, um, where we are at the show. Like, I think I think we should treat them as two separate things, even though the comics are a continuation of the show. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's originally what I was thinking, but yeah. Because... Yeah. Because as it is right now, like this is probably the best plot against Batman. Oh, this is definitely the best plot. And the only, yeah, the only downfall she has is that she's not a killer, psychotic maniac. Yeah. So, yeah, let's give her a three with an asterisk and we'll figure it out later. Because at the end of the day, she's not like, she's not a villain on the same level as the other characters. Yes. Because she actually turned herself in, you know what I mean? Like, she surrendered to Batman, no fight. Yeah, there there literally was no fight. Yeah. But um, overall, what did you think of these this story? I, I personally was pleasantly surprised. I really liked this. And going into the episode, I was like, oh, it's just... Because I know there's, like, some boring human-y characters. And I was like, oh, that's probably going to be, like, a letdown. Because it's like... We're in between like Mr. Freeze and a Joker story. And it's like, uh, I kind of just want to move on, but I really liked it. I really liked it too. Zelda was great. 
And as a, as a one-off character, she was perfect. I couldn't ask for anything more of this episode, really. Yeah. Like, the lack of a fight, you know, if I knew there was no fight going in, I, I would have been a bit more concerned. But there was nothing to be concerned about. Yeah. I If you told me that as a kid, I would have been like, oh, skip this. Yeah. No, it was very yeah. cool. Uh, I'm pro Zelda the Great. Yeah, now, so it was Zelda the Pretty Good. So the episode ends with a stinger again. Yeah. I was but, actually just about to bring that up because it said next week's the Joker, but I'm looking at the episode list and it's the Riddler next time. Yeah. So I wonder what that was all about. That's just wrong, I guess. <laughs> Joker doesn't get after Riddler, then it's Mad Hatter, and then it's the Joker. Yeah. I'm very excited for the Mad Hatter. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see, to, see, to see Riddler again, you know? Yeah. Like, to see Riddler and Joker. I'm, I'm excited for. There's no one I'm not yeah. excited to see. I wasn't excited to see Zelda the Great, and I liked it. So what do I know? You know? <laughs> what do any of us know? But I'm surprised this isn't a character they brought into the comics, even as, like, an obscure old joke. Like, this seems like something Grant Morrison would have done. Yeah, or, like, Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. You know, just in the in the background of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, like, I don't know. I wonder if there's, like, Easter eggs, like there's a Zelda the Great poster in like a circus at somewhere. At some I'm point. sure someone has had to have made reference. Or well, if, we, if we ever get to take over a Batman title, yeah, we'll do that. DC will just let some random nobodies just write one of their main characters because that's how it happens. Oh, why the heck not? <laughs> yeah, what do they got to lose? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, I like that. I, I enjoyed this. Um, you know, I know that there's probably there's definitely eventually going to be episodes. Where I'm like, this was dumb and hard to watch. Yeah, we'll see what happens when we get there. But yeah. I mean, by far, this story was way better. As much fun as I had with Mister Freeze, especially in the first half of his story. Yeah, that's that's so much better than that. Yeah, that's what I would say. This one's bet like a better story, but the other ones were more fun. Yeah. Um, like the only thing that was kind of really dumb in this was them just blowing themselves up and being fined. Well, and also the fact that like there was some fourth wall breaks. He I I I don't mind that. Oh, I like that too, but I'm just trying to think like if I'm doing this from a bit more serious. But yeah, you're right about this mistaken identity part or not realizing that that was her. Yeah, that's the only silly thing. It's like, oh, they uh, he saw her. And then saw that she used mirrors to create an illusion, but it took, I guess her, I guess that was her signature act, right? Being yeah, I guess. Yeah. Over the flaming vat of oil. Whatever. I, I can forgive it. This was a really fun episode. Yeah, I think it was pretty cool. I think it was cooler than Mr. Freeze's episode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on that note, everybody, I'm out of here. We'll catch you next week for uh, maybe the Joker, definitely the Riddler. Yeah. Same backcast time, same backcast channel. Peace.